bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to the first installment of the We Love Dad Movies podcast in 2023. We made it. I've ate so much Christmas food in December. It, it was a fun time. But we're kicking off January with a very fun guest. I want to welcome Mike Scott of the Action for Everyone podcast. Hey, Ewan, how are you, man? Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. It's so cool that you're here. I need to shout out Dan because... I am immediately fearful of reaching out to anyone that I follow on Twitter and being like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast about dad movies? But Dan is like, he 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 is he, he can just happily talk to anyone. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy that he reached out to you because uh, Action for Everyone, he introduced me to it. I listened to like two podcasts. It's like the King cast and then you guys as well. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's just super cool. I love, I love what a positive space for action like that you create on social media and with the podcast as well you know like people talk about like film twitter kind of always being like almost like a pejorative term you know film twitter but action film twitter you guys have carved out such a lovely lovely nice space so i don't know if you want to talk about action for everyone and what it is you do and yeah sure sure absolutely yeah no we we try and we're not perfect, you know, and I, I've found myself on social media as part of the reason I've stepped away a bit from it because I'm getting crankier and crankier. And, and that isn't the image that I, I want to present on, on social media. Um, but yeah, Action for Everyone's a, a podcast dedicated to to action films. And we really try and highlight uh, as much as we can sort of the DTV and, and lower budget and direct to video action films that we think get slept on uh, because there's there's real terrific work being done in those films uh, in terms of, of the craft of filmmaking, uh, especially when compared to some of the stuff that passes for action in big budget movies. You know, it, it, say what you will about the Marvel movies, and I, I am I am a fan of the Marvel movies, but they ain't known for their action. You know, uh, and so. Uh, it's it's me and uh, film journalist and, and former uh, and veteran Vice Victus and then uh, filmmaker director of Beyond Skyline and Skyline's Liam O'Donnell and then typically uh, we try and get guests on uh, about three out of every four weeks we have a guest on usually we try and get somebody in some capacity involved in the industry to talk about again this behind the scenes making these low budget movies and stuff like that so uh, you know at the time we're recording we're going to actually have uh, the episode that I'm recording tomorrow is going to have Scott Mendelson, uh, formerly of Forbes now from the rap to come. And we're going to do like a box office preview of 2023 and stuff like that. Uh, and so, you know, and, and that's one of the other things we talk about a lot is, is just the business side of it, the way like Netflix and streaming services affect these low budget movies and that. So, um, yeah. And we, we try, we call it action for everyone because we, we, we were really trying to create an inclusive space, you know, action, unfortunately is, a fairly regressive genre and it's there's a fairly regressive contingent of action movie fans and we're not perfect we are uh, as as liam calls us we are imperfect allies uh but we really do try and create uh an inclusive space as much as we can uh being you know three uh two of us are are uh, as white as the driven snow and all three of us are, are cishet males and so you know we're we're not exactly the uh the ideal diverse group here but we we do the best we can and, and hopefully we can just continue to get better at that yeah no and it it really comes off like just like from the, looking from the outside and like it really shows like 
Um, it, it, it always makes me smile whenever I see like an action for everyone like clip or whatever, or, or if it's just you guys discussing like different film takes. And the other cool thing is that you know you've opened up a blind spot for me because. I was one of those snooty magoonies who was like, uh, direct-to-video, I'm not really too sure about that one, Chief. But you've really shown that, actually, you know, there's, there's, there's loads of great stuff being done in that space. And that's one thing that I'm actually looking to correct in my um, my, my filmic blind spot in 2023 is to get more into the um, the DTV side of things because so many, you know, legendary... I think it's the Universal Soldier movie sequels, those were... Those direct video as well, or did some of those do theatrical? They got they they for all intents and purposes, they're direct to video. They they got very small theatrical releases. So technically, you know, by the the definition, they're theatrical movies. They were intended to be theatrical. They were shot to be theatrical, uh, but they ended up more or less going DTV. But yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up because that's what sort of how the show started and what united us all was actually Scott Adkins' movies, because I started a podcast before Action for Everyone called Adkins Undisputed, where I was going through the the filmography of Scott Adkins uh, alongside Scott Adkins. He actually joined the podcast, which is still one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> um, and uh, and that's how I met Vice, and that's how I met Liam. And, and so then we kind of morphed it into this, because... But really, it, it was still this love of DTV, and especially this one particular actor who is continuing to do um, work that just just exceeds what what we think direct to video movies and video on demand movies can be. Um, you know, he just this year released Accident Man Two, Hitman's Holiday, which is number three on my list of best action movies of the year. It slots in right behind Ambulance and Top Gun Maverick in terms of best action movies of the year. And it was made for $5 million and it went direct to video, but it, it is that fucking good. Um, I, I, I assume it's okay. We swear on this. I, oh I, yeah. I, yeah. Sure. Okay, there's, there's, right. no, there's no advertisers <laughs> involved in real um, dad movies. Yeah. It, it's that fucking good. <laughs> so um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, I hope people listening to this, check it out and I'm glad you found it. And I do want to second what you said. Thank you, Dan, Dan, Getting to know Dan this year has been one of the highlights of my year. He's a wonderful human being, and uh, I'm glad he reached out and made this connection for us. Yeah, and again, Dan is someone I've reconnected with through this podcast as well. Like, we always kind of kept up with each other, but, like, from when I went to uni at the age of um, 18, um, basically kind of stopped talking for a while, and then, like, I just noticed how... I noticed that that positive space for movies that he was cultivating, and I was like, "Oh my god, I should get Dan to do this with me because he loves he loves movies. If anyone loves movies, it's Dan." So, um, yeah, no, it's just it's just super awesome, um, and and I'm super grateful for for being able to kind of exist and absorb the goodness of the space that you guys have created. Uh, it's, it's a great time, but we're not here today to talk about director DD uh, director video movies because I asked you um, which dad movie you want to talk about, and you wanted to talk about. Ambulance. Now, before we go into that, um, I do want to ask you, what to you is a dad movie? So, I mean, the, the obvious basic description for me, you know, I think I think the general term when people say dad movies is they're thinking it, it, it'll run on, you know, here in the U.S., it'll run on TNT on a Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m., right? And you'll sit there and you'll watch it and you'll even put up with the commercials because you, even though you own it, you'll still watch the commercials because you just don't want to get off yeah. the couch and, yeah. and go grab the Blu-ray, right? Uh, but also for me, uh, one of my, my dad was a major gateway into movies for me. He, um, I, I, I've talked about how my uncle and my dad really were, the people that turn me into movie fans uh, because my parents, I was an only child. And so, and, and what 
I did with my parents was we watched movies. That was our Same. that was our hobby. You know, every every Friday night we'd go to the video store, we'd rent three or four VHS movies, order some pizza, and uh, and and they never I could I could watch whatever I wanted. The, the only real requirement was they had to watch it with me, and and that meant that my dad suffered through a lot of really bad movies that he didn't like. Um, and, and so to me, dad movies are they're movies that I would have watched with my pops. And, yeah. uh, and the ones that I think he would have liked, uh, you know, because there's a, a lot. It, it was funny when I was younger, I always gravitated towards action and he was not as much of an action guy. There was some action movies that he liked, but he was not as much of an action guy. And then over the years, as I subjected him to more and more of these movies, <laughs> he got he got to where he was he was much more into it. And, and there were ones that I, I like I remember he hated Roadhouse when we first watched it, when it came no. out, hated it. And then, I mean, you know, 20 years later, it was one of his favorite movies because he had come around to this concept of what Great an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so that's, we'll, we'll get into a little bit why I wanted to talk about ambulance, but to me, ambulance is a movie that I would have, I would have watched with my dad and, and he would have loved it and we would have had a great time together watching it. Yeah, like so much of what you described there is similar to basically like how I grew up with movie. Uh, move, mo- we grew up with movie. Grew up with movies. Um, like we used to go. There was like a local. I guess what you guys would call a mom and pop store in America. We used to have the local um, video rental store. Who we used to go to. I used to rent Batman and Robin all the time. That was the thing that I was obsessed with. Um, but we picked up different stuff as well. And like maybe one of my earliest dad movie experiences would have been like Independence Day. That was something that we used to watch quite a bit together. A lot of big fan of Roland Emmerich. Um, and then in terms of like Michael Bay stuff, like, yeah, my dad was, um, he he loved The Rock. The Rock was like just peak for him because his favorite Bond was Sean Connery as well. Like he, he like my dad was Scottish. So he had a bit of a bias towards Sir Sean as his favorite Bond. Um, and The Rock being like this proto diehard James Bond fusion thing just seemed to push all the buttons in his brain and it did mine as well I, I absolutely adored it he was a big fan of Nick Cage too um, and then in terms of like later Michael Bay stuff it was kind of like nothing really came close to The Rock in terms of like what he was you know what he was most enjo- he most enjoyed about action cinema you know, Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 was like enjoyable but it wasn't like The Rock to my dad um, and he enjoyed um, 13 Hours as well. Uh, enjoyed a few of the Transformers movies, but nothing like super much. Um, and then I watched Ambulance last weekend, and I was like, "Oh my, oh my god!" He would have, he would have loved that. He would have absolutely loved that. It, and I totally agree. Like a dad movie is something that you could look back and be like, "Hey, this is something that I, I grew up watching with my dad, or he showed me, or whatever." Made a great connection over them too. But it's also stuff that you just know that he would have loved <laughs> well and what's so funny about my dad is he actually didn't like michael bay he really mm. didn't like michael bay um and that was always one of the there were a couple of directors because because where he and i really were in in sync was like hong kong cinema we we mm. both discovered hong kong together um in terms of hong kong cinema and so that was a really that was a big bonding kind of thing for us um, but, uh, he didn't, he, he liked the rock. He thought the rock was good. He thought Armageddon was fine, but for the most part, he really didn't like Michael Bay. And that was always a, a director that we would butt heads on. And that's what was funny is when ambulance came out, I was like, this is the one, this is the Michael Bay movie that I know that the, like, this will be the, the this will be the roadhouse turnaround, right? This will be the one that he's like, Oh, I get Michael Bay now. 
and uh you know and for reasons we'll get into we never got to have that experience but uh but that that still is so in, in burned in my brain that this was the michael bay movie that he would have loved um mm. and and i know there are plenty of people who talk about ambulance or like i don't think it's that different from a michael bay movie and i would contend nay it is very different from most michael bay movies um which i'm sure we'll dig into as we as we go on yeah totally um but yeah i i was so annoyed that i didn't get to watch this in the cinema um i think it came out like it 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 came out at the same time as it did in the u.s and the uk but i didn't actually get to watch it in the cinema and i was so annoyed about that I forget why. I think I I think I had COVID. I think I had COVID. It was like January uh, 22. Was it, it was 20, January 22 or something like that. I think it was January it came out. Um, and it was the... it was actually closer to like March or April, I believe. March? Oh my God. Okay. I don't even have the excuse of the virus then. I just totally missed it. I think it must have been playing for like a week or something, which something we'll get into as well because it blows my mind that Michael Bay released like a massive action movie in in, in 2022 and it, it didn't really you know make any eruptions at the box office but I missed it and I was so good about it um I had positive stuff online uh, and then you know gradually towards the end of the year as I discovered more and more of action Twitter I realized oh wow loads of people are really championing this movie and you know I, I've always been partial to like the odd bit of Bayhem but he's never a, like an action movie director that I'd be like oh you know Michael Bay um and then I ended up like you know I was so excited to watch this because everyone was singing its praises so much and then I caught it um last weekend after you know spending the Christmas at home um I was just I was I, I was you know like you know in the Simpsons episode where um Bart and 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 Milhouse and, and Nelson and Ralph they all go on the road trip and um Nelson makes them go to that concert I forget which one but he makes them go and it's like he's just sat there in the audience like completely wide-eyed and mystified <laughs> that was me when Sailing came on I was just like oh my god might be my favorite movie moment of 2022 like I just adored this movie so much and the thing that I I really liked about it um which we'll probably talk about more later on is just how much of an LA movie it felt to me like I always look at like American stuff through the lens of like, like you know through Britain or whatever you know so we kind of absorb like the um the American radiation as it were like we're kind of like looking at it through that very academic lens sometimes um but like in looking at like LA movies I would like put this up there with to live and die in LA and heat as great LA movies like it just like the way Bay depicts that city as a character and I'm convinced there's even a deliberate live and die in LA homage at one point where the sniper shot has gone through the rear of the ambulance and um, Danny's looking through like the uh, the bullet hole or stuff that's feel like that's a direct homage to freaking um, but yeah like I just that part of it as well just blew me away as well as all the character driven stuff that I was just so excited by how he framed the city it, it just was so exciting to me yeah, it, it's it's a great LA movie, and and I actually have I actually have a, a real affinity for LA movies too. It's it's a it's a thing. I don't I don't really you know you hear a lot of people talk about great New York movies or great Chicago movies, and I don't. Uh, maybe it's because I live in the I don't live in LA, but I live in the West, and I mean LA is is the city that I would always go to on vacations with my parents. We'd go to Disneyland and stuff like that, and um, 
so for me, I have always had much more of an affinity for LA movies and it's definitely another really great, the, 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 the one that I always, uh, mention as I, in my opinion, the perfect LA movie is Miracle Mile. If you've never seen that, you should never seen it. It'll go on the watch list now. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's definitely, I mean, it's eighties LA, but it is like a perfect 1985 LA movie. Um, but no, this is a great LA movie and we don't get a ton of great LA movies anymore because honestly, uh, it, a lot of places can't afford to shoot in LA anymore. That's that's what makes this even more amazing that Michael Bay managed to do all of this for forty million dollars. I mean, this is not uh, this is not a Transformers budget he's working with here, and we still got this on location, full of practical stunts and practical effects movie. Uh, it, it's just, but yeah, the 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 vibes. They, that's that's what I. It's a real vibes movie when it comes to to L.A. It just yeah. there's the 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 L.A. vibes are strong. The way, especially you know Bay's typical oversaturated way of shooting things really makes that L.A. sun, which is a thing. The smog and the sun really do create like beautiful sunrises and sunsets. That there. was a great. That's a good question that I was going to ask because so many L.A. movies. You know, we talk about like when Hollywood goes to Mexico, it always puts on quite like an orange tone. Um, I always get that same vibe from LA movies. Like we watched the last Boy Scout um, the other month, and I was like, "Oh wow, this movie's orange." And then I remember, you know, like the, the Bad Boys is set in LA as well. It's been ages since I've watched. No, that Bad movie. Boys is set in Miami. Miami, yeah, yeah. But like that kind of like you know yeah. that that the orangey, humid, heaty, mm-hmm. sweaty kind of vibes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it, it it's 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 both harsh and beautiful at the same time. And obviously, real LA doesn't look quite that beautiful but but it it does it it evokes that if you've ever been to la and spend any time there you watch something like ambulance and you immediately are like that's la you know and and that that to me is is something that not a lot of filmmakers you know i'm glad you brought up to live and die in la obviously obviously friedkin was the king of being able to capture vibes uh you know um but but yeah, not a lot of filmmakers can do it as well as they think they can, I guess is what I would say. There, I've seen a lot of L.A. movies that don't feel like L.A. movies in the slightest, but this mm-hmm. one definitely goes in the L.A. movie pantheon for me. That's so interesting. Because, I, I, again, like I've never been to the States. I've literally consumed everything... That everything that America is to me is like wrapped up in both like history and fiction, so it's always like coming at it from that that kind of not being on the ground kind of angle. Um, but yeah, I guess we should do a quick a quick synopsis of people who aren't aware of Ambulance because you know it didn't do that well at the box office. This was you know Bay's most recent movie came out last year. Uh, focuses on a pair of brothers, um, one a former um, U.S. Marine who served in Afghanistan, and the other um a bank robber and they're both the sons of a very notorious bank robber who historically did some not great things um they're portrayed by jake Gyllenhaal and yaya abdul mateen ii and the uh, marine will sharp his wife has an uh, expensive procedure that she needs in order to um I forget what basically it's a life-threatening illness that she has and she needs this procedure but because of the ridiculous thing that is the American healthcare system uh, it's not covered under his insurance and so he just rocks up to 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 Danny Danny's like hey I'm 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 gonna rob a bank right now do you wanna do you wanna wanna, wanna come along do you you wanna just come along and and Will's like I don't know robbing banks isn't it's kind of like a bit dangerous isn't it and Danny's like nah come on come on you need it come on and I love that scene, by the way, where they come in. It's a tale of ta- complete tale of two cities, um, where you have the kind of like um, almost 
typical, you know, Michael Bay protagonist in in Will. Um, you know, he is like in his um, you know his, his small apartment, a uh, small house. Sorry, he's got the American flag outside. You know, it's 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 all kind of the, the situation is all completely dire and it's stressful and it's tense and there's anxiety and kind of like a an unspoken dread that's manifesting throughout that scene. And then when you meet Danny, he's living the life of luxury and opulence and all these bright, vibrant cars that are surrounded him in his garage. And I think his job in this is he looks after rich people's cars, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he, he runs a garage that's basically the idea is rich people can park their cars there and he's got all these sort of mercenaries to protect them so they know their <laughs> cars will be, will, will be safe. Yeah, just it's, it's oh my God. I, I love how Bay captures that kind of just um, that extreme hyperbolic kind of vision of America and all that stuff. And it really, you know, like we're talking about like excess or whatever, you know, LA embodies that in a great many ways. And it just, yeah, no. So they end up going on um, the, you know, he ends up convincing Will to go on this heist. Um, they go in, and I and I love this bit as well, by the way, because we get to the. I don't. I don't think we've ever had a Bay movie reference to another Bay movie before, and it's we, almost. Yeah. We actually have. Actually, in in the first Transformers, um, there's the kid as the Transformers are landing, the Autobots are landing. There's the kid that goes, "This is bigger than Armageddon." Oh, so... God's sake! Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I've not seen that movie in ages. Yeah. But we get we get more bay self-references going on here and i love that we have obviously the other iconic kind of down angle shot you know and the the camera like panning around people but i love it when his partner is hyping him up to go into this to this um this bank to you know ask this girl out uh he's like you know what is it sean connery said in the rock you know winners go home and, and fuck the prom queen or whatever um and then he gets out of the car and he gets the heroic michael bay shot but in that specific context it makes him look like a complete loser it's really really yeah, funny <laughs> it, it, no it, it's it's hilarious it, it, this is the thing with bay is bay bay is more willing <laughs> Bay, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of of William Shatner, you know, uh, because William Shatner is notorious for having one of the world's biggest egos, but is also well known for taking the to, to use a British phrase, taking the piss out of himself every chance he can get because he's so egotistical that it doesn't phase him. And and I think Bay's the same way. I mean, Bay's clearly, you know, kind of poking fun at himself here with this self referential, you know way of doing this and the the fact that the entire plot is kicked off because of the rock because if the rock didn't exist this guy doesn't go into the bank and we don't <laughs> get, even think of it that way we don't even <laughs> you know and so um it's 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 smarter and more clever than i think people give it credit for and i think bay is smarter and uh more willing to poke fun at himself uh, than people give him credit for. I'm not going to sit here and defend Michael Bay as a person because he's got some pretty terrible characteristics, uh, some pretty terrible on-set behaviors and stuff like that that we don't need to get into. But if you're going to criticize Michael Bay, I think the biggest thing is is there's a lot of people who criticize him for things that just aren't true. Like, criticize him for what's accurate. Don't, like, criticize him for stuff that's not. And the fact that he's not willing to make fun of himself, that's he's more than happy to make fun of himself. Yeah, totally. I, I I get that vibe from here. Um, and he's got he has got a great eye for comedy at times. Like sometimes it doesn't land. Like there are so many notorious examples from Transformers where it's just like 
Jesus Christ, what were you thinking? Um, but you know, like there, there, there are always moments in like stuff like The Rock and Bad Boys where you're like, oh, okay, that's I can have a good giggle at that. Um, but yeah, this this whole this whole entrance upsets their their bank heist, um, and things go completely tits up. Um, prior to this, we are introduced to Isaac Gonzalez's character, um, who is a paramedic, and and basically what happens is in a scuffle, they end up taking the cop hostage, and he gets shot. He gets shot, and they end up having to put him in the ambulance, and they end up taking him away. And now we have this great, great premise for a film where they've got to basically outrun the LAPD, keep the cop that they've shot alive, because if they don't, then they're dead, essentially. Uh, and we'll get into the dynamics of that as well, because I love the way that they portray the LAPD in this as like a, just a tyrannical force of evil and just fear, um, especially coming from you know my perspective as someone who lives in Britain the amount of military hardware they bring to bear on two guys in this is terrifying. Uh, I didn't even know the LAPD had 50 caliber sniper rifles now. That's just, it's just completely terrifying. And it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, there's definitely a lot to uh, to pull apart uh, on that. And and uh, yes, they do. They have tanks. They. I don't. I don't want to get too far off the line yep. here, Ewan. But uh, I will tell you, even small cities and towns in America have fifty cal sniper rifles and assault vehicles and stuff like that, um, because they they get it's 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 all based on nine eleven. There was such an an upswing in in that stuff that it, it basically for about ten years, you could get any federal government grant you wanted as long as you somehow tied it into terrorism and so you had all these police departments just being like we can get assault vehicles and sniper rifles and uh, ar-15s and all of these things as long as we say we're doing it to protect you know to, yeah. to prevent terrorism and so that that was really the start of the militarization of the police in america uh mm. And and Bay really does do a good job. You know, a lot of people say he fetishizes military hardware, and he does. He loves it. He thinks it looks great. Guess what? So do I. I'm an action movie fan. Guns are cool. They but are, he, objectively. <laughs> but he also manages to make it look as terrifying as it should. You know, uh, Vice, uh, my co-host, had, the, the I think, the most profound take on this movie, which is it is amazing that the LAPD, that the government – will marshal a small army to try and kill a black man rather than give him health care. Because if they had just given him health care, this movie doesn't happen. So we're using millions of dollars because oh, we man. won't give him health care. And, and um, when Vice said that, I, it, I mean, I already loved the movie, but that just, that just cut me to the core and made me realize how brilliant this movie actually is. Yeah, I'm nodding furiously. Um, this is an audio only pod, but I need everyone to know that I'm nodding furiously at that because it is, it's just, it's, it's absurd. And, and who better to shine a light on the absurd than Bay, you know, who, who always takes things to the extreme. Only the extreme in this scenario feels oddly plausible. Um, you know, like apart from like, um, the, the minigun wielding cartel cars running around and stuff. But again, that shit's really cool to look at. So who cares? Um, but yeah, no, it just, um, it, it that, that whole element of it just, um, it just blew me away and it, it is such a it's such a it is a genuinely smart movie um and you know like i i fully that whole aspect to it vice's reading of it makes it even better that's so cool um yeah yeah i i hadn't i hadn't quite put it together that way but you know i, I actually 
So in my mind, Bay has a, a trilogy. I actually had a tweet take off a few months ago uh, where I was talking about this. About I was asking people what their favorite uh, thematic trilogies are from directors. So things that aren't movies that aren't necessarily related, like sequentially, but but very clearly articulate uh, a director's thoughts and feelings. And and this movie was what inspired it because I think if you take The Rock and you take 13 hours and you take ambulance you have a real thematic trilogy of uh soldiers absolutely fucked by the government just absolutely fucked by the powers that be and and that's been my thesis for a while now with bay is that bay bay isn't this like fascist that people think he is what he is is he loves soldiers he loves Boots on the ground, guys in the trenches, but he hates politicians and he hates the system that sends them out there to die. I mean, the entire point of The Rock is Ed Harris takes over Alcatraz because he's had these soldiers that have died under his watch on these missions, these black ops missions, and they haven't gotten compensation. 13 Hours happens because basically it's private military, you know, the, the actual government doesn't support these guys that are over there. And then now we have ambulance where a Marine, a hero, a soldier has to rob a bank because he can't get the health care he needs to save his wife. Um, these are things that are really important to Bay. Uh, if you watch the Transformers movies, they're whatever he's their paycheck movies for him. But, but I think if you watch the rock 13 hours and, and ambulance, you see what actually matters to Michael Bay. Um, and, and it is a thematic trilogy that I think is both amazingly badass and emotionally devastating. And it culminates with Ambulance, maybe the most perfect expression of that thought. Yeah, the, the reverence there is something that really does shine through. And I'm, what I love about Ambulance as well is that, you know, it, it goes beyond just the military elements to it as well when you have um, Isaac Gonzalez's character and the paramedics and stuff. And my reading from it when I watched it was the idea of like in in those areas where you know it, it most matters compassion is like beaten out of people and drilled out of them um you know like where where it matters most so you have the healthcare system you know you're just a number on the end of the day you know we're not going to look after you um the whole paramedic element where she doesn't want to connect with these people because it's like you know it's such a horrific thing and at the end of it she gets catharsis from you know meeting the person that she saved at the start and then you know with the police they have no interest in saving anyone you know they're just there basically to operate as like a gang and execute someone if they end up having killed you know a police officer uh, and and it felt to me like it was like these these are these are all life and death you know things one happens behind a computer screen one happens you know up close and personal but at the end of the day for these you know massively important things the they're almost like trivialized and the emotional core of it all is like removed that was a big thing for me like it felt at the end of that when when she goes to meet the person that she saved at the beginning it's it's trying to thread compassion and love back into those professions um which might be a very peace and love peace and love ringo way of looking at it but i felt like that was one thing that really kind of jumped out at me but i think that's the text of the movie i don't think it's a peace and love way of looking at it i think i think this is this is by far and away in my mind michael bay's most hopeful and optimistic movie um because because what it really is is it it is saying you know 
people can make a difference in this situation. Uh, it's really, to me, it is, it's his love letter to the people in the trenches, however you want to define the trenches. It's his love letter to the people in the trenches. And, um, yeah, you know, Cam is a character and, and, you know, Bay is, let's be honest, not known for, uh, great female representation in his movies. We do not need to, uh, reevaluate how he portrayed Megan Fox in the Transformers movies. And so, that is one thing that I do think really does set Ambulance apart here is is Isaac Gonzalez Gonzalez's character Cam is such a unique character in Bay's career, um, and he's really invested in that character. I mean, she gets she is the the crux of this movie. She is she is what moves it forward, you know. And she's even she's even to a certain extent, uh, you know, how the the bad ending comes about because she accidentally shoots Will, which is you know I. It all builds up to that, but she's such a strong, interesting character. It really is a three-hander here. You know, when I saw the trailers, I thought it was just going to be a two-hander. I thought it was just going to be uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II and Jake Gyllenhaal, but she is an equally important part in this movie, and that's not something I would normally expect from Bay. which again is why I think this is... I, I don't know whether this is going to signal a, a new growth or a turning of the corner for Bay, uh, but... It, it it feels like it. It feels like there's a maturity here that we just haven't seen from him really before. Mm, yeah, I, I watched the um, Patrick Willems video on um, Ambulance uh, this morning as well. And he pointed out that like she gets all the hero shots as well. Like she gets all the low angle stuff. And I, I, I that final scene where she walks away from the hospital and she's got like, you know, her, her, her gear on and stuff and like... It, it it just it that was such a great moment of release of the movie and it totally does feel like you know the hero walking away and 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 triumphantly I, and oh, I lost so it I literally when I saw it in the theater I mean I'm just streaming tears at that yeah. scene you know and I don't normally like I cry at movies a lot but I don't normally cry at Michael Bay movies you know yeah, and and that yeah. one but yeah no it totally is she gets the she gets the hero shot and she's done you know there's there's a, a I don't want to say there's nuance because it's Michael Bay. Nuance and Michael Bay. Michael Bay has an allergic reaction to nuance, but there is more nuance here in terms of that. You know, I, I also love the end, the, the the cop saying that, you know, when they show him the picture of Will, he says, that guy saved my life, which is true. Like, he's also the guy that shot him, but he also saved his life. And and, and, and the, the, the cop understands because the cop is also another cog in the system. Right. And he understands that his health care is not going to be there when his wife when when he goes back to the bank and he goes out on that date with that bank teller and they spend the rest of their lives together and she gets sick. He ain't going to have the health care. And he knows that. So he gets why Will is doing this. Um, it, it It's such a it's such an interesting movie that, that really could have been a drama, except for the fact that it's Michael Bay and we drop Jake Gyllenhaal in the middle of it, giving the most pitch perfect Michael Bay performance that has ever been given. I mean, it just, it's a work of art. It is a fucking work of art. What he's doing in this movie. I fucking adore Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and his career trajectory over the past like 10 years or whatever. Like he's just so good at, at pushing himself to portray like what any of the you know you call them sickos like like he loves he loves a good sicko and he he is becoming one of my favorite sicko actors like he's he's so good at like portraying these characters and and danny oh my god he is like 
he I would never have thought that Gyllenhaal would be like a character like an actor like tailor made for Bay but he shows it so well like I, I don't think like there is a like if I have to go back to formative you know um, Bay style actors like it, it just reminded me of Nicolas Cage like it, it was so so good and the whole oscillating between oh you know I'm like nice and happy you know I'm chill and then just explosive bouts of rage and Oh my god, like, you know, some people look at Bay movies as being, like, big shouty fests, you know, like, overly performatively stressful or whatever, um, but that stress is there for a reason, and with, with, with Danny, he kind of marshals and channels all of it, and he's just such a great explosive force in this movie to me, and someone who, even though he does really despicable things, there is... There is again. There is there is a loving core to him at the end of the day, and and obviously with um with Will being kind of like the good angel on his shoulder, we we do get to see that even if it doesn't end in the way that you know we would have we would have wanted it to. Well, that's what's so. Uh, two points, really quick. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. the first one is that's what that's what makes the ending so gut punching, right? Because first of all, the only reason Danny's totally losing it at the end is because he thinks Will's dead, and but unfortunately, because Danny's losing it. Will has no choice but to kill Danny, and it and it, it, it harkens back. I love, uh, you know, I, we'll talk about probably some other scenes, but I love uh, Will and the way Yahya Abdul Mateen delivers it when he's like, "We don't get to go home, Danny. We fucked up. We're the bad guys here," you know, and that 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 carries over to the end. That's the end. The end is Will recognizes they're the bad guys. Danny still thinks they're the good guys. Um, but the other thing is, I'm glad you brought up Nicolas Cage because the thing that people need to remember is Michael Bay is the one that turned Nicolas Cage into an action star. And Cage's performance in The Rock is the exact same kind of wired, wiry, weird energy that Gyllenhaal's doing here. And Bay has, other than casting Mark Wahlberg in the last two <laughs> Transformers movies, Bay is actually impeccable at his casting. He, he is perfect at casting and, and, and can absolutely figure out who, and, and actually maybe he's perfect casting Mark Wahlberg because those are, in my opinion, by far and away Bay's two shittiest movies. And, and maybe he knew that Mark Wahlberg was exactly the shitty actor that he needed to be in these shitty movies. But, um, for people who listen to Action for Everyone, they know my my love hate relationship with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, here you get Gyllenhaal giving that same kind of Nick Cage performance, where it's it's pitched exactly as it needs to be. It, it's so close to the edge, so close to going over the top. And I've seen Gyllenhaal go over the top before. I, I thought um, in Oakja he he goes a mm. li- he goes over the top, but. Here he's just he's right on the edge and it's per I mean it's perfect. It is I, he's there's zero chance he's going to get nominated for an Oscar, but in my opinion, it is hands down the best performance I saw this year, or I guess I should say in 2022 since we're in the new year. But yeah, um, I, I just it was perfect. I, I I have no notes. I have zero notes for his performance. Yeah, I mean you 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 said that now, and I think I have to agree. I don't think there is another performance that comes close to that for me. Although there are like a few blind spots, like twenty twenty. I'm doing all my twenty twenty two catch ups at the minute. Like I watched Decision to Leave um, on Monday, um, but I still have to watch like 
Tar and um, oh my god, like the menu and and uh, triangle of sadness and stuff. But yeah, I think having from what I've seen from the year so far, um, I would have to say I agree. Like I just I was so blown away by it, and I was just so miffed by the end of it that I was like, why didn't I see that in the cinema, man? I was so so annoyed. But I think it was only in the cinema for like a week. It was something ridiculous. It, it yeah, got pulled so it, quickly. It might have been there in the UK. You know, it was here. It was in the cinema here for about four weeks. But but I mean, it it, it was a bomb. I mean, there's just no way around it. It, it was Michael Bay's kind of first legitimate bomb. Um, he's had movies that haven't always succeeded. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the the one with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson? Oh, the the island. The island. You know that that did not do. But this one. But this one was frustrating because I, I saw it opening day and, and I, um, I, I, I thought it was going to be legit, like a, a huge hit when I saw it. Because I'm like, how is this? I mean, this is everything you want out of a movie. Uh, Top Gun Maverick went on to do amazing. And I feel like Ambulance distills the exact same positive action energy that, yeah. that Top Gun Maverick did. You know, I mean, they're my two, my my one and two for 2022 are Ambulance and Top Gun Maverick. I mean, they, they, it is exactly, but but I think part of it is obviously with Maverick, you have Tom Cruise who, uh, and, and you have, I think there is a significant contingent of people of the movie going public who knows who Michael Bay is and who uh, does not consider him to be. <laughs> worthy of seeing in the cinema mm-hmm. um you know and he, i i think even though he made a boatload of money with six underground i think doing six underground for netflix kind of hurt him because i think it showed that big algorithm movie i've not seen it my dad loved that one by the way um, i but... love six underground it's, <laughs> but, not seen but it six yet. underground six underground is 180 degrees from ambulance six underground is bay giving into all of his worst impulses. It is him letting Ryan Reynolds unleashed. Like Big just cheeseburger. Just, yeah. Uh, it, and again, people who listen to Nefari know I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, but I am fully aware of the problems with Ryan Reynolds and six underground. Look, if you're not a Ryan Reynolds fan, six underground is going to drive you nuts. It is, it is the worst of all of the, everybody talks about bad boys too, is like this amazing nihilistic movie, you know, Bay's hateful, Six Underground is big on like Bad Boys Two ain't shit. Like <laughs> like it is, but I love it. I love it. It's it's so much fun, and there's so many great set pieces in it. But it's not. But I think the problem with it is is by doing that, he showed that you don't need to go to the cinema to see a Michael Bay movie because mm. he can do it on Netflix. So you can wait for Ambulance to show up on Peacock, which is where it first premiered, you know, and, and or you can oh, buy it on... Oh, shit, it, it went on Peacock first. It, well, it, it went into the cinemas, and yeah. then four yeah. weeks later, it was on Peacock, yeah. Jesus. And and so it's like, it, I think it, it hurt his brand a little bit to do Six Underground, and I have nothing to back that up. It's, it's just pure speculation on my it, part. It makes sense to me. Um I think I think the other thing is all of Maverick, you know, Tom Cruise is such an ambassador for the movies and you know Maverick had been delayed like what was it two times before that or something as well and pushed along and stuff. So, you know, that was like the big the movies are back movie, I feel. Um which Ambulance, you know, maybe if it had leaned into that energy a little bit more, but I do think I would agree that you know Bay is he's a divisive filmmaker and 
it's a shame because it, uh, if people just need to open up their hearts to, to the Bayhem. That's what they need to do. They just need to open up their hearts for a little bit more. But um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess it's probably worth asking. You know, talked about like ambulance. So the elements we discussed so far are those the kind of things that you think that your dad would have really been into? Yeah, yeah. My what what would have sold my dad on this movie? What he would have loved is basically two scenes. Uh, he would have loved the sailing scene. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he would have loved the scene uh, where Danny and, and Will are, are with the, the gangsters, uh, with A. Martinez and the other gangsters. And, and Danny says, you know, I, I feel like we used to be on the same page. You know, now you want to go right. I want to go left. I, I wish we could just both go left. Go left. Go left. You know, and then when Danny says... What'd you call him? He's my real brother. My dad would have, my dad would have actually like fist pumped oh, at that scene. Cinema. Um, <laughs> and that's cinema, you know? And, and so those are the, and those are the scenes. Those are the ones. And, and he, I think he would have gotten, because what he doesn't, what he didn't like about Bay was Bay's excess, Bay's uh, grossness, Bay's uh, tendency, unfortunately, to uh, r- regress into sexism, misogyny, and racism, uh, particularly in the Transformers movies. You know, um, he would have really gotten the whole. You know, he would have loved, like we talked about, the the final shot of Isaac Gonzalez uh, coming out of the hospital. Like that. That is the shit that that my dad. And and I have the same thing. My dad loved hero scenes. He loved when uh, you made your hero look like a hero. He was always it was the reason he didn't he didn't like horror at all, uh, except for there was one horror series that my dad loved to death, and it was Evil Dead. Oh my god! Loved, yes, because <laughs> he loved Ash. Uh, my dad my dad wanted heroes in his movies, and uh, and I think that. Uh, this one would have given him that um, he, he would have, this is the one that, that would have been like, we could have had a real Michael Bay discussion. And I actually remember telling him about it. Um, he was, he was in uh, the facility before he passed. That's why he couldn't see it. And I, and I, I was visiting him and I told him I'd seen it. And I said, as soon as you get out of here, we got to watch ambulance. You're going to love it. Um, and unfortunately, sadly, we, we never got the chance. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was and and that's why this movie sticks with me so hard because it's it's the one movie I really wanted to see with my dad that I didn't get to see. And and so that's why it's kind of the ultimate dad movie for me because I'm never gonna get to watch it with my dad. I I got plenty of other movies that my dad and I loved and watched together and stuff, but I'm never going to get that experience with him on this one. And mm. that's why this one is this is why I wanted to talk about this one because it's this movie means more to me um, than I think a lot of people realize uh, because there's a memory I want to have that I'm just never going to get to have. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like, it, I, it, I'm so sorry. Like it's, it's, it's such a, it, I, I have a similarish story where um, when my dad was in the hospital, I, I was like recommended in movies to watch on his tablet um, before he passed. And the night before it happened, I was like, "Oh man, you've got Ford versus Ferrari on that. You you need to watch that. You you'd love it." Um, and he was like, "Oh, sure thing, I'll watch it." And the next like 
the next day he was gone. So I don't even know what his opinion was on that, which is very, very annoying because I'm sh- I, I would have been very annoyed with myself if he didn't like it, but I think he would have loved it. And um, the other thing as well, like with watching stuff like this, now that the, the, the dads are no longer here, um, I do, fi- I do kind of feel like he's watching them with me in a way. Like it's, it's I, I, every now and then I get a craving to watch something specifically that I'll be like, oh, I want to watch something with dad almost. Um, like I, last year I watched Nobody um with um Bob Odenkirk yeah Bob Odenkirk yeah yeah yeah. and um that was because I was feeling really really low um yeah it was like it was like a year since he passed I was feeling really bad and crapped out and I was like I just need to watch something that would remind me of him and that he would have liked but it couldn't have been an old thing um and he was a massive fan of Liverpool I'm a massive fan of Liverpool as well so when they when at the end of the movie when you've got Jerry Marston's You'll Never Walk Alone playing it was like I was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. I can just see, I can just imagine him laughing his ass off right now. So, you know, it, it's still really sad, but like, this is what I love about movies and the power of movies is that I can go back to something like that I haven't even seen yet, and it's almost like I'm forging new experiences with him. That probably sounds a little bit, you know, almost a bit weird, but it, it genuinely is a case of like, whenever I watch them, I'm like, oh man, he would have loved that. But I'm also like, oh, he loves that. Like, that's the kind of thing that 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 I get out of this, and there's another reason why I love this part as well because it's like when i'm having these conversations with like guys like you it's like i'm shooting the shit with like my dad again and then we're, we're chatting about the things that that really kind of appeal to him so yeah here's here's a perfect story you know how i said my dad hated roadhouse so when Can't i was a kid <laughs> there was there was this tv show with fred dreyer former nfl player called hunter i don't know if it ever made it even ever made it over to the uk but it it, it was this primetime network tv show about a a rogue cop a renegade cop and i i loved it when i was a kid it was on in like you know because i'm older than you 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 and so it was probably you know i want to say it was like 82 84 somewhere around there that it was on and i would watch it my dad would hate it (laughs) when he was in the facility he 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 had access to like the roku channel and so he'd watch all these old tv shows and i was visiting one day and he's like Hey, did you ever watch this old TV show, Hunter? It's pretty good. It's really, I think you would like it. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. You motherfucker. Really? Really? You know, and and so, you know, and so that's, that's the kind of thing that, that, that I always think about with stuff like this is, is just, um, you know, it's not an action movie, but my wife and I watch Rent every year. And one of the other things that weirdly bonded my dad and I was musicals. We both loved musicals and Rent was our musical. We, we saw it live five or six times together, I think. Um, And so watching Rent was uh, really a, that was, there was, uh, there was some emotions that have been, uh, that came out that I had been trying to ignore Mm -hmm. for a while um, because, you know, for those who don't know, my dad just passed about six months ago. So it's still fairly fresh for me, but uh, you know, it, it, uh, that's what I love. Like you said, I watched Rent and I watched, my pops was watching it with me. You know, and I don't want to sound, I don't, I don't, I'm not religious. I don't believe in the afterlife. I don't believe in any of that. But I do believe in things like institutional memory and sense memory and, and Carrying someone with you in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I, it's not like I thought the spirit of my dad no. was watching around with me, but the memory of my dad was watching around with me. And yeah. the memory of my dad would have loved Ambulance, would have fucking loved Ambulance. Just... And and I know that in my core, um, and so that's you know to me that is a thing that uh, that I can't 
that I just am going to carry. I, I have no ability to objectively evaluate Ambulance. The The movie is, it, it's one of my favorite movies. It's my favorite movie of the year. It's one of my favorite movies of all time already. And it will be. I just am never not going to be able to to separate those those images. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. The, I feel like that's just, the just encapsulates the movies and, and everything. And yeah, man, I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on and, and sharing that with me because it's it is it is special it's powerful it's like really special um you know like the, the movies can forge these powerful connections and stuff and be such a great outlet too and um it's you know some people might look at oh it's a michael bay movie but like it's still like it, it's still great like it's just it's it's yeah no um yeah thank you so much for coming on to the pod um it's been great and i don't know if you have any more ambulance takes before i wrap this up or not no, no, I'm good. I, I feel like I've said, I said, I mean, I, I, there's only so many ways I can talk about Ambulance. If you haven't watched Ambulance, just please fucking watch Ambulance. I don't care what your thoughts on Michael Bay are. Just please fucking watch Ambulance. It's, it's not what you think a Michael Bay movie is. So yeah, uh, other than that, no, I've, and thank you so much for asking me to come on. This was, this was absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I, I had, I just had a great time. Wonderful. Well, that makes me so happy. And and yeah, listen to Mike. You should all go watch Ambulance. It's it's a great time. Um, even if you're a massive Bay skeptic, like it will. I feel like this is the one. Like I, I feel like even with like Bay skeptics, they're always there. Like oh, The Rock's great. Like this is if you love The Rock, you'll love this as well. Like it's 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 up there. I think it's his best crafted movie. Um, I don't know if it's as of a favorite of mine as much as The Rock is because I have so much nostalgia for The Rock. Um, but like it's, it's 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 at the peak of his craft, the peak of his powers, um, and unexpectedly so as well for that to arrive the way it did, and for him to make such a a great fucking piece of cinema. But yeah, this is this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. Where can they find you on social media, Mike? So you can find me personally uh, on Twitter and Letterboxd at Hibachi Justice. Uh, you can find the show. Uh, basically, go to Linktree slash A Four E Pod. We're on every we're on every major podcast platform. We're on Twitter at A Four E Podcast. We're branching out. I I run our social medias and I'm I'm terrible at it. So we it's so we, hard. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> so much work. We're we're on Instagram. We're on Hive. We're on Mastodon. We're on reddit we've got a subreddit uh but i just just go to linktree and 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 check us out there but other than that yeah just just search the podcast listen it's we have a lot of fun every week and uh and you know and i think people who listen to this show if you don't listen to us i think you'll enjoy it because uh if you liked this conversation that's what we try and kind of do every week so totally yeah i have to reiterate that just it's, it's the best vibes podcast ever it's great um ever i just have a great time listening and it's such a wonderful a wonderful space that you guys have um before we clock off i'll actually i need to follow you on letterboxd now that you mentioned that i didn't know you had one so i'm now gonna i'm gonna stalk you down on letterboxd and and see what you're uh <laughs> what you're reviewing and stuff <laughs> i don't i don't always i don't always review everything um and i try and keep them pretty pithy but uh but i do log and and try and rate uh, at least rate everything do understand with my letterbox if people follow me you're gonna see my ratings are real high because i'm i'm a vibes rater i am not an objective film critic it's all about the vibes for me so if a movie makes me feel the vibes it gets a real high rating man i love the word vibes and i love how many times it's come up in this podcast <laughs> but yeah before we go i want to give a quick shout out to our patrons thank you josh brown shaka thomas mulgrew 
and George Jackson. Thank you for your support over Patreon. It's really super cool. I will be having um, a couple of new write-ups coming soon. Um, I just watched Rolling Thunder yesterday, and that, oh. man, I it's, oh my god. I, oh, so good. So, so good. good. I think, Tommy Lee Jones has some of my favorite lines ever in that movie. He is, like, not to make this the Rolling Thunder podcast, because it, I mean, it totally could be, but he is, uh, I, again, Tommy Lee Jones is an actor who I've only ever seen as like kind of like you know like um, from like fifties onwards kind of guy. So to see him like in his like this young like physical weapon in that movie and um, just that—that's one of the best. Um, like oh my god, like the the, the whole Devane and, and Lee Jones and just the the they're like zombies in that movie and it's just amazing. Like the, the death behind the eyes and having to put the aviators on to try and like. Re- just vain connection with these people that they come back home to oh my god if you haven't seen Rolling Thunder please do it was, it was fucking great um, but yeah I think I will be writing something about that hopefully soon um, still getting the the wheels are slowly turning uh, as we return for January but yeah um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to if you're not too, if you're not already at twitter.com forward slash you and ruins things <clears throat> you can follow me on Instagram it's the same handle on that and you can follow the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Wheel of Dad Movies and yeah this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast Mike loves dad movies I like dad movies we all love dad movies uh, thank you all for listening and we will see you next time bye <laughs>